Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kninitsia, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and noteworthy Ukrainians from around the globe. Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. This episode is produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in English in the U.S. for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Our guest today is Julia Petrik, who is head of PR with the Ukrainian software company Macpor, but also the co-founder of the Ukrainian PR Army. Welcome, Julia. How are you? Hi, it's so great to be here, and it's so nice to see you again. Yes, it's been a while since we've met each other in person, several years. So can you tell us a little bit about your educational and professional background? Sure. Like a lot of Ukrainians, I have two degrees. My first degree is English philology. I have uh, a diploma of the English teacher. And my second one was Master's of Marketing. That's why I was looking for a profession that would combine my two passions, English and marketing, and ended up in doing PR, public relations, in a tech company. Uh, it's Macpaw, which is based in Ukraine, but has a user base uh, all over the globe. And uh, currently, I am still a head of PR of the tech company, uh, Macpaw. And uh, besides, uh, I do a lot of uh, professional training for PR practitioners in Ukraine. And besides, I also co-founded the Ukrainian PR Army. Julia, please talk about the Ukrainian PR Army. When was it established and why? And is it connected in any way with the government? Thank you for the question. PR Army is not just an organization. It was a big stimulus for me to stay active, to do meaningful things since the beginning of the full-scale invasion. I'm still based in Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, on the morning of the 24th of February, I woke up in a different reality, like we all did. And... Uh, that that day was a big, big challenge for people who are engaged in the professional business corporate communications, as it was essential to communicate to all the stakeholders uh, about the events that we were witnessing. Witnessing, we were in, we were in need to explain to our customers what's going on um, in, in the country, in the company, what's happening to the apps they bought from the company, what's happening to subscription fee they're paying monthly. And I remember how big workload was that we communicated through multiple challenge, challenge channels. And uh, a lot of Media came with media requests asking to explain, uh, to give comments. And within the first hours of the full-scale invasion, uh, one of the PR colleagues from the Ukrainian market came up to the chat that we, we have and said, let's outreach to the media contacts we know. We all have an extensive 
network of media contacts from the Western media and let's tell them what we see from our windows, literally what we are witnessing. Because that morning was absolutely a different morning. I remember looking outside my window and saw a long line of cars um, standing in traffic jams and it was unusual noisy for 7 a.m. in the morning. And uh, I still admire the resilience of Ukrainian professionals who came up with the idea, let's let's do something, let's do what we can, let's use um, the network, the contacts, the weapon that we are using, a word. And ever since the very first day of the full-scale invasion of Russia to Ukraine, PR army never ever stopped and it's been existing for more than 15 months already and doing our job regularly and uh, this is how it all started how many people belong to the pr army are they primarily volunteers and where are they located uh we have now already we have a kind of a mixed structure. So we have uh, a dedicated team. It's it's not it it wasn't like that from the very beginning. From the very beginning, it was one hundred percent a project uh, which consists of volunteers willing to help. Uh, we had a chat of over four hundred uh, people from different parts of the globe and of different roles. They were copywriters, PR managers, communications manager, writers, reporters, um, designers, different roles and different background of people who joined the PR army. Now it's uh, more well-structured because 15 months passed and we have a dedicated team and a team of um, volunteers who are willing to help and they are spread all over the globe. Uh, it's not that uh, we have any requirement uh, for our team members to be um, in, in Ukraine right now. It's, it's optional where the person can um, um, devote their time to, to Ukraine and spreading uh, messages uh, about what's going on in Ukraine. And yeah, like uh, now it's a different uh, organization, I would say. It's, it's better structured. We have uh, better processes. We have a dedicated team. We have a board of members who are decision makers. Uh, and we have um, a list of streams that we work with. Uh, and uh, this is how we actually like distribute our tasks and topics. For example, we have a list of topics that we work regularly with, uh, let's say, uh, nuclear safety. Uh, we are in touch with uh, international media to give opportunity for Ukrainian side to comment on the Energodar nuclear station uh, and what's like the stance of the official Ukraine on that. Uh, or we have uh, another stream which is called uh, Where Our People uh, that works with the topic of illegal unlawful deportation of Ukrainians from occupied territories 
to Russia. And this is how it operates these days. Your army has a curated database of speakers on Ukrainian topics that's called Voices of Freedom. How are the speakers selected? And who is the audience for this online tool? The tool is available on the website of the PR Army, and you're right, it's called Voices of Freedom. It was created uh, with one goal in mind, to make Ukrainian voices vocal around the globe, as it is very common that Russian media um, are very ominous in, in spreading their propaganda and even given access of their speakers to international media. Our task was to enable uh, getting in touch with the commentators, with the experts who are in Ukraine were originally Ukrainian. So we have a number of criteria uh, how we build the database of experts who can comment on a number of questions. So first of all, it's um, uh, their position, uh, yeah, whether the person uh, has ever been witnessing in spreading force narratives or uh, like propaganda, uh, if uh, it has any affiliation with uh, Russia or Russian business, if, if the person does, it's a no. Uh, and in the same way, we can verify other speakers for international media. So media can outreach to us and um, to us and ask for additional verification of the of their uh, experts then uh, an expert should be really professional in that domain uh, let's say it's um, ecology uh, or economy or politics uh, this is uh, like what we verify and uh, track and uh, it would be very desirable that the person should be fluent in English uh, because a lot of international media ask for quick comments and uh, like setting up a Zoom call would require like an hour or so. And that's why it's a bit challenging when the person is not good in English to find an interpreter. So it takes time. So preferably uh, the expert should be speaking English on the level which is sufficient to provide a professional comment. How extensive is the Russian disinformation campaign about the war in Ukraine? And what channels are being used for this? Oh my God, it's, um, it's so huge and um, uh, re re implemented on so many levels that we can even start with the terminology when they refer to the conflict as war in Ukraine or the Ukrainian crisis. It's also a part of propaganda. So I teach every foreigner I meet that it's correct to say Russian invasion in Ukraine, not just the Ukraine war. It's very essential to name the aggressor because otherwise it sounds like some local conflict, which is not. Uh, then we have um, a long story of the Russian spelling of Kyiv. Uh, yeah, and there was a massive uh, PR campaign on Twitter with a hashtag Kyiv, not Kyiv, uh, teaching foreigners to use 
exactly the names uh, which derive from Ukrainian geographical names. Uh, Russia built uh, a wide network of, um, I would say, like promoters and propagandists in different countries. And you see that uh, from time to time, some narratives uh, show up. And even in the States, there is a thought that we shouldn't help Ukraine because uh, it's a corrupted country. But uh, this is a very dangerous narrative, uh, which is also disseminated by the enemy. Um, more, more um, over, they use different uh, topics to manipulate the opinion of um, uh, of masses. Uh, let's say uh, that case was um, with the blocking of uh, Ukrainian ships with grain in in the Black Sea. Uh, it was. Uh, depicted as if it was uh, Ukraine who did it on purpose, but in fact, it was Russia who detained those um, ships in ports and uh, uh, blocked access of the Ukrainian grain uh, to the international ports and markets. Uh, they also use uh, memes uh, to spread uh, disinformation. But the thing is that um, it's always... Um, easier to hide truth because the truth is unique and the only one and there can be multiple lies and it's so easy to to check that's why um still like uh, a lot of work to do but luckily truth prevails and we see that ukraine has uh, support from the whole world and hopefully it will make our victory even closer and we are hoping that it will come rather soon than late. Julia, unfortunately we're almost out of time, but I did want to ask you one more question. What has been the most difficult challenge you've faced with the Ukrainian PR army? And also what has been your greatest success so far? Oh my God, we are we've been operating through so much grief and stress and it's very challenging for us to combine our daytime jobs to do volunteer job and in the meantime uh, donate help uh, friends uh, whom we know and like people who are in need uh, unfortunately there are a lot of people like that in Ukraine right now uh, among the biggest achievements I would definitely say that uh, the fact that PR Army has uh, uh, been existing for more than 15 year, uh, months <laughs> is still a big luck that uh, we are still committed to, to our big results, which would be the Ukrainian victory in, in this war. Uh, and we have like very deeply touching stories uh, when... Uh, the coverage that uh, we secured helped to create additional buzz and to release um, Ukrainians from Russian captivity. And uh, I'm saying that if even these two cases of people being released from the Russian captivity are the reasons why PR Army was created, that was the main reason for us to exist because it helped to save someone's life and dignity. 
Julia, thank you so much for joining us on Krenitsia today. Thank you for inviting. I do appreciate that. I have been speaking with Julia Petrik, who is the head of PR with the Ukrainian software company MacPaul, and also a co-founder of the Ukrainian PR Army. This episode of Krenitsia has been produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, a podcast series about interesting and noteworthy Ukrainians from around the globe. And I'm Mike Burek, the host and producer of Krenitsia. Until next time, that's all for now.